Hello authors, I'm Joanne Morell, children's and young adult fiction writer and author of short non-fiction for authors. Thanks for joining me for the Hybrid Author Podcast, sharing interviews from industry professionals to help you forge a career as a hybrid author, both independently and traditionally publishing your books. You can get the show notes for each episode and sign up for your free author pass over at the Hybrid Author website to discover your writing process, get tips on how to publish productively, and get comfortable promoting your books at www.hybridauthor.com.au. Let's crack on with the episode. Authors, I hope you're all keeping well in whatever part of the world you reside and listen to the podcast in. Today's episode is with children's author Oliver Pomavan, who enlightens us about whether you have to be naturally funny to write funny, what the various types of humour in writing are, and shares with us his tips for authors looking to include humour in their work, as well as much, much more. So in my author adventure this week, I took a break (laughs) from the computer screen and from writing and it felt kind of weird, but it was definitely much needed. And now I have a few personal items I need to clear the decks with before I'll be getting back into the writing game. The next thing I'll probably be writing, uh, there's been an idea for a horror movie script lurking around in my mind for almost a year now or or more and bits and pieces of it keep coming to me and it's kind of good timing I think because there's a screenwriting competition that ends is open now I think for submissions I'll share the details for that if I go ahead with this and ends in October so I think the time is now for this and for those who don't know I did a minor in script writing at uni and uh, I'm a part-time tech script writer of course these scripts are completely different to film and television but I absolutely love that medium in a way to tell story is just I absolutely am passionate about so I did do a feature horror film at uni Uh, it's different to this one I I am a horror fan definitely was when I was younger oh I would like to try this now after writing something that was you know quite quite different so of course obviously the my non-fiction formats are still requiring my attention and still need to be put out so seriously let's all celebrate when I do get those out but at the moment I'm, I'm not thinking when that might be A wholehearted thank you to those of you who donated to my friend's GoFundMe page last week and shared their post on social media. For those of you who missed it, dear friends of mine are facing stage four stomach cancer, have been raising money to travel to Germany for alternate treatments. And I'm happy to report they are there now, they're there with their young family, and I wish them all the strength, love and support and to find the answers that they need. So thank you everyone for taking the time to do that. It's, it's just means so much. There is still time to donate, Links in the show notes, uh, Dennis Jung's Fight With Cancer, every little helps. Olivar Pomavan loves to make people laugh, whether it's on the page, writing humour for kids, or on stage as a stand-up comedian. He also shares his passion for writing with kids, using his experience as a primary school teacher. Oliver has performed at various comedy and writers festivals around Australia and Asia. Oliver's recent books include Brain Freeze, Don't Follow V and Natural Born Loser. But he is best known for Tyrific, Con Nerd and the other Christie. Welcome to the Hybrid Author Podcast, Oliver. G'day, Joanne. Lovely to be here. 
thanks for coming on. So where did this love of humor and passion for writing spring from? You know, it all started in the classroom when I was a kid. Um, so when I was uh, six years old, I wrote my first book. <laughs> well, it, was a, it wasn't the best book in the world, but it was a good start. And, you know, ever since then, um, I've always been a massive writer. So I, I love reading as well. Um, I used to read through big dinosaur craze and I read lots of dinosaur books, which led to me writing about dinosaurs and writing dinosaur stories. At the same time, I was also a class clown as well. So I was always trying to make people laugh, you know, pretending to be a dinosaur or just telling lots of jokes and mostly getting in trouble with my teachers, but <laughs> making my friends laugh. So my stories sort of became more funnier and wackier and crazier. And uh, yeah, I kept that up in primary school, in high school. And yeah, when I left high school, I knew I wanted to be a writer. So wow, anyway. that's amazing to be able to realize your passion and talent so early on. You know, I, I'm a late bloomer to writing. Felt like I was floundering around for years until I found my calling. But, you know... <laughs> Uh, so tell us a bit about your books and what's been some of the feedback you've received from, say, kids and adults about your work being funny? Yeah, look, you know, I think especially with my earlier books, like Terrific and Connerd and Punchlines even, were essentially about me as a kid or as a teenager. So I guess the feedback from kids has been great because they get to laugh at all the stories. They also get to relate to it as well. So when I was growing up, there weren't many books out there which I could relate to in terms of like um, what the main characters look like. So I really wanted to make an effort to actually talk about the Asian Australian experience and growing up Asian in Australia and what it's like to have the best of both cultures and trying to make the most of it. So Terrific, for example, is about you know, wanted to be Australian, wanted to be normal, but of course the parents, you know, they wear their heart on their sleeve and they like to share their, their traditions. And so it's that, that cultural cringe, that embarrassment that comes with having a family that, you know, doesn't want to let go of those traditions. And a lot of kids actually come up to me and I have said that, like, you know, they can relate to it. They can relate to, you know, the pressures of being a, you know, a doctor or the counter when they leave school because yeah. their parents think that's a very prestigious job. So the whole tiger mother, tiger parent aspect as well, I, I use for Connerd. And that's something that I felt when I was a kid as well. So in terms of like what the kids have said to me, they can definitely relate to my main characters as well as having um, a laugh as well. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. There's, you know, the relatability aspects. And I think even though it's from, say, Asian Australian background, just having parents in general that are sort of raw. Yeah. <laughs> a yeah. lot of us can relate, I suppose. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's that right. Yeah, no, that's amazing. That, And I think that's what writing's all about sometimes is just, you know, getting that connection with somebody and get, giving that voice as well, which is, is amazing. So today's topic is on writing funny. You write, obviously you said you've written from personal experience and I guess things that have kind of happened to you that, that do, do you feel you write what you find funny or what you know to be funny? Yeah, look, I think I always say, you know, in order to have a sense of humor, you need to make sense of your humor. So always start with what makes you funny or what you find funny. And that way, once you tune that into your stories, you actually work out that, uh, and this is something that I discovered as well, is that it doesn't matter how hip and modern the kids are. It doesn't matter how much technology they have. Fundamentally, it all comes down to the simple fact that comedy is still tragedy equals surprise plus time. So it's kind of <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's just quite simple in terms of like some of the things that I've experienced as a kid are still things that kids experience to this day. So, yep. for example, having an annoying little brother or sister. <laughs> 
or having very strict parents who are overbearing or, you know, being embarrassed because they're not wearing the cool clothes that other kids are wearing. So that wanting to belong, that yearning to not be embarrassing or different is still there. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So I always say like, you know, if you do want to write for kids, especially tap into yourself when you were a kid growing up and, you know, while the the, the brand names and the, the trends have changed, that feeling you have inside will, will remain the same. And I think that's always been the secret of like, for me, especially writing stories about the people that are a little bit strange, like left field. Like I, I always wanted to be a champion for the nerds, the geeks, the, uh, <laughs> the people on the fringe out there who, who feel a little bit strange and different and I always tell them to, to actually own it like you know own being weird own being different and you know let, let others do what they want to do but you stay true to yourself yeah and that's a great message especially for kids because yeah it's it is hard school for me was always and I think for everybody I don't know anyone that had just a sweet ride like through yeah. school <laughs> Yeah. And even adulthood, we're still kind of dealing with those things, aren't we? Oh, gosh. Do you think you have to be naturally funny to write comedy? Or do you think you have to have some sort of natural personality or you have to be a bit humorous? Or do you think, you know, these things can be learned, I guess, to be funny? You know, honestly, I, I say if you are naturally funny, then that's that's definitely a head start. But I would say that it's definitely a learned thing as well. So I always say there's always a difference between a class clown um, there's always a difference between someone who is funny around their mates, always cracking jokes and making fun of people. And then there's also a stand-up comedian. And so it's kind of like, you know, they might be funny among their friends, but when it comes to them being on stage, they're a little bit scared or it's not really their cup of tea. So in that sense, I think that there's definitely a toolbox that you can use to actually write funny jokes, write humor. And I always say that when it comes to writing, it's all about practice. And practice, the more you write, the more confident you feel. And the more funnier your jokes will be, the more you write. I think yeah. one of the things that writing funny is, is a little bit like daunting is that they think that they need to be funny on the spot or funny straight away. Right. But it's actually a learned skill. Like, you know, I would write hundreds and hundreds of dud jokes to get to that golden <laughs> joke. But to get there, you've got to write all these dud jokes. And so sometimes it's a process in your head that you need to work out what's funny or not. And that comes with just practice. The more you write funny jokes, the easier that will become. So instead of writing a hundred dud jokes, you might end up writing maybe 10 and then you'll get to your, you your get golden that, Yeah, Sounds like the writing process in a way, actually, you know, you write mm. a, a, probably a few dud manuscripts till you get that golden one in yeah, the publishing exactly. field. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> going from obviously humorous books and, and movies and, and various things that I've consumed and everybody else, there there's different types of humor, I believe. Are you able to tell us what some of those are? Is there specific categories of, of what humor is and, and names for them? Or Yeah, look, I think, it, I guess I'm, I'm coming from, from like a, a, a kid's virus perspective. There's a lot of sort of like observational humor, and that's just things that uh, people might see the famous one would be someone like like Jerry Seinfeld who you know have you ever noticed about airline food and you know all that <laughs> kind of stuff and people can relate to that because it's things that he's seen then there's satire which means you basically make fun of something so a big example of that would be Captain Underpants which <laughs> makes fun of all those superhero cartoons and you know that kind of like comic book mentality as well and then there's also now this one's a little bit tricky because it has many names to it but it's basically i like to call the poking fun at self kind of comedy and this is actually quite sort of trendy now actually like if you watch a lot of shows a lot of them are like poking fun at themselves that self 
self-deprecating humor, it's like giving you permission to laugh at me and my situation. And so it's kind of like the self-awareness that the situation is doom and gloom, but it's okay, you can laugh at me kind of thing. So sometimes the more tragic the situation is, the more funnier it gets because you kind of like have permission to laugh at them. So, um, you know, you might call that like ethnic humor. You might call that all kinds of humor. Like, you know, I find that especially with stand-up comedy, you always like to poke fun at what tag or what sort of label you might often get. And so it's your job to take those stereotypes and then smash them, for example. So yeah, so that, that's a, that's a kind of humor that I like to use in my stories as well. Like, you know, I, I make fun of nerds and what nerds are like. And that, in a sense, breaks down the barriers of what a stereotypical nerd is. And so, yeah, so that, that's what I like to do. And then, of course, we have slapstick, which is always funny, no matter what, no matter, you know, what kind of, uh, what age level you are. It's always funny to see someone with, with a pie on their face or falling down the stairs. <laughs> um, and, of course, and this is mostly to do with, like, kids, but there's also always, like, bodily humor, gross-out humor as well. So, yes, I'm talking about farts and and all kinds of things like that. And that's still pretty funny. And, yeah. you know, adults, you know, we have that, uh, a different train of thought for that as well in terms of other things. But essentially, it's about pushing boundaries. And so the more taboo a subject is, the more funnier it can be if someone can nail a joke about it. So Yeah, no, that's awesome. And obviously, you stick with what you know. Should people do that, I guess? So would your tips be to authors writing funny, kind of write from their perspective, their experiences, what they find funny, rather than maybe identifying subjects or topics and kind of putting their spin on it or trying to make that funny that they're not sort of connected with you know there's actually um i mean those are both quite valid places to start and sometimes for someone it could actually be um they might just pick a topic or pick a subject you know for example homeschool or the pandemic or going on holiday like that situation so situational comedy it was uh you know pretty popular as well sitcoms uh big on tv and so you could do that as as a basis you know think about all the problems think about all the trouble that could happen at a workplace or at a school or at a daycare center and so you could use that and then you know brainstorm and then write a write a comedy about that the whole you know starting from self i think that is great in terms of like you know being an authentic character but at the same time, you, you, you do leave yourself quite vulnerable as well. So it's really mm. up to how confident you are in making fun of yourself. And at the end of the day, you need to be comfortable with, with the kind of things that you write. So yeah. uh, if you're comfortable at people laughing at you, then that's cool. But if you're not, then yes, <laughs> something that's a little bit um, distance. Yeah. 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 Probably the thing with that would be rather than people laughing at you, Oh, I'm gonna mess this up. Like, yeah. ha- haven't have them laughing at you with you rather than the other way around. Yes, <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's why they all say, you know, I'd rather have people laugh with me than at me. But the, <laughs> unfortunately, they kind of sound the same. <laughs> like, it's still laughing. So, it's, you know, um, sometimes it's hard to tell the difference. Uh, yeah. yeah. Is there any kind of do's and don'ts with comedy? So, obviously, I can say taking the piss, taking the piss mm. out yourself, or taking yeah. the piss out of say national, your nationality, or something. Is there ever any backlash with that, or you know, I, I don't know. And yeah, any do's and don'ts with writing comedy that you're like, no, just stay away from that, or yeah. <laughs> Look, you know, I'm an old school kind of comedian in the sense of like anything goes, and I find that like the more offended you are, the more funnier it gets because that's what comedy is all about. Like you know, if every every joke, every piece of comedy always has a target. So there's always going to be a target no matter what. I mean, the uh, the pie on the face is funny because someone is getting the pie on the face. Like you're laughing at that yeah. person or that thing or, the, or that, that concept. So I'll, I'll say like, you know, anything goes in terms of like, you can write about whatever you want. You can joke about whatever you want. 
However, the delivery is probably the, I guess, the, the tricky issue. And especially in this day and age with cancel culture and people taking things out of context, it's just so hard to be able to deliver it in a way where you want it to be funny, but you also don't want it to be half-hearted in terms of like how mean yeah, you want yeah. to be. That makes sense. So yeah, you know, yeah. you've got to make fun of obese people, for example, and you're not obese, then you need to be very confident to deliver it. Or they need to know where you're coming from. And if you, if they're a fan of your comedy work, if, if they if they've read your books before, they know you're quite tongue in cheek. That's great. However, all it takes is someone who reads that out of context, and then all of a sudden they're like, "How dare you kind of know that?" Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. I find that kids' humor, thankfully, anything goes still because you know I think kids kind of get it. Like you yeah. know, they're not you're not being mean spirited, and I, I suppose that's probably the only don't that I have is they're going to know the difference between you making a joke because it's funny and you yeah. telling a joke because it's mean. Yeah, so yeah. You need to work out yeah that kind of tone that you have when it comes to um, writing as well and, and delivering your jokes because um, if you are just telling jokes for the fact that you're just being mean in general, then yeah. obviously the audience is going to turn its back on you because you're just being mean for no yeah. reason. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, kids are um, kids are great, aren't they? It just sort of goes over their head, and uh, and they don't see they don't see things, I guess, that adults see in that mm. sense. Like you know, like you're saying, if it's mean, and yeah, they just see, I guess, they're funny. But so yeah. you've already shared so many uh, tips for authors already. Do you have any further tips to add for any authors, children's authors, or all authors looking to include humor in their writing? Yeah, look, I always find that like you know. When it comes to writing humor, like you always have to raise the stakes. And so um, another way to think about that is to just what else can go wrong and how can we make things worse? And so when you have a character who really wants something, put as many obstacles as you can in front of them, add as much emotional stakes as you can to them. So, you know, if they're really, really, really wanting that item and they're really annoyed, then just keep pushing their buttons and trying to make it worse and worse and worse. Like have that snowball effect. Like, you know, a lot of sitcoms um, that I watch, we had that fast factor of like, you know, a snowball thing leads to uh, an avalanche of problems. And I always find, especially with humor, whenever a character tries to solve something, uh, more problems appear. And so, um, and also like just have, have fun have a playful sense i think like you know uh Roald Dahl does a really great job of doing this like you know just with like wordplay even changing a letter or part of a word makes something funny changes the context makes it outrageous and um also don't hold back like i like we spoke before like you know don't be afraid that you're gonna offend someone like yeah. between you and yourself it's just at the moment no one, you know you're not ashamed with anyone just let loose put that sort of like critic put that sort of you know that inhibition away and just and just write because I find that you want to get to that to that funny spot you really do need to just let all those barriers go and just just go for it so yeah I agree absolutely agree and and even even though that's implemented at writing funny just writing in general because I find mm. my practice when I sit down and I've been noticing lately I, I will start to read over stuff read over stuff and I'm not it's more of a procrastination than going forward mm. and and 
I'm just putting a lot of barriers and blocks in writing at the moment. And if you just just release it all, or release rather than having good, you know, good writing, it should be this or, or writing to formula. And like you say, trying to make this scene funny, just write right from the heart. Then yeah, yeah. You, you get to that gold in the end, don't you? If you try and lose yeah. the inhibitions and the, <laughs> the, the, the self-critic as well. So <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. And you know, and, and don't be afraid to fail as well. Sometimes yeah. you, you do, I mean, it's cliche to say it, but you do actually learn more from um from failure so for example as a startup comedian like it's great to kill it's great to actually like you know blitz the audience make them laugh but i find that looking back it's the gigs where i don't do well that's where i actually learn a lot more in terms of like oh what can i do to improve yep. uh, is it my delivery is it the the topics that i use was it the audience did i read the room well like those kind of things actually help you more much more than you just going on stage and just killing it so you know yeah. So, yeah. and what, what would failure be to a, a stand-up comic like no laughter yeah <laughs> tomato, just, you know tomato in the face <laughs> it's um yeah nothing hurts more than than having a room that doesn't react so i would actually rather have booze or groans or jeers because at least i know they're listening to me <laughs> but if i just get silence indifference then that makes me panic actually so <laughs> Oh, yeah God. so it's much more than just science but just having a lack of reaction like it's just they just haven't really made the connection or they don't care and that they turn off you kind of thing like that but i'd rather have someone heckle me on stage as opposed to like not saying yeah. it before. like you know give it to me like you know i think <laughs> i think i think stand-up comedy is one of those rare former spaces where it's you really are as vulnerable as you can be and it's just um yeah yeah oh hats off to you I don't know how you do it I admire comics so much because they I mean it's just one person going out in front of all these people and oh man oh no (laughs) worst nightmare but yeah no congrats for that your YouTube channel is uh very on brand author brand I find you know you're funny your books are funny the shoes that you've got in there I've never seen any shoes like that I was showing my husband he was like oh yeah they're Yeezys and I was like they look they they just look so strange so was that intentional like the YouTube channel kind of sticking with your author brand going or it's just you it's your personality and these are the things you like that you showcase on there um you know it's a little bit of both like so the YouTube channel actually started from lockdown so during lockdown we couldn't visit any schools and so I figured why don't I have a YouTube channel where I talk about my books I might put some like rowing lessons up there and so that way kids can use that during homeschooling and so on and you know now that things are slowly getting back to somewhat normal um, and we're going out and about more I've decided to like just continue having that channel there to basically talk about my books deal uh, but also for me personally like a lot of kids don't actually know what an author does outside of writing book and so you know that's where the author branding comes inside I always say that like you know being a writer is like being an old school Instagrammer TikToker YouTuber what we do is is we we take what we love and we just write about it and that's how we justify why we can you know do all these things and so um yeah I I, look I think and also from a a kid's point of view is that like kids aren't meant to be on social media like they're not meant to be on, on Insta Snapchat and and you know all that kind of stuff however they can actually look at youtube still and so i've made sure that my channel is you know kid friendly there's there's nothing sort of bad about it in terms of that sense and so they can come up and leave me a comment you know all that kind of stuff there as well so i decided to to leave it there and yeah it's it's been great like you know um it's just been a a bonus It's, it's more of a side project kind of thing and um you know i get an opportunity to to vlog about my trips uh, what an author does when they visit schools or when they go to yeah. festivals all that kind of stuff and when they go into bookstores all that kind of thing as well and so it, it kind of gives kids a taste of what it's like to be an author 
and it's also a lot of fun as well like you know yeah, i'm not yeah. i'm not doing it for to to become the next mr beast or the next sort of like you know mega <laughs> youtuber because i'm one of the things i've learned about doing youtube now for two years is that it is it is a grind and i respect anyone who wants to do it full time because it is um, extremely hard work so I've always treated it as something that, you know, is there for the kids. It's a, a basically another calling card, essentially. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen a post someone put up saying that their posts take uh, like a couple of days to even just make one post. Like it's, yes. it's quite time consuming, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I watched a video of uh, you were at a school, I think, and you were getting over your fear of heights or something, climbing up and walking along. And, yeah. um, <laughs> and, uh, and it's great because, you, like you said, you can incorporate your um, teaching background and, and you, you look like you're very at home there but that was awesome all the kids were like yay chanting <laughs> yeah exactly that's right and you know i always wanted to make a point that like you know authors we are normal people as well but also the fact that i always like to surprise them in terms of what they think a normal author looks like or behaves <laughs> like so honestly i still get to be a big kid i still get to hang around kids and just you know um have a bit of fun with them and yeah so uh yeah it just all, all comes with, with the job and, and that's why i, I love it so much yeah Oh, no, fantastic. Well, do you have any YouTube, I'd say, is not so common for authors usually, maybe in the children's sphere to go on there. But do you have any tips for authors looking to start a YouTube channel or put themselves on there? Is it mainly don't just share writing stuff, but share the overall experience maybe of, of what yeah. you do? You, you know, I think like, honestly, um, the main thing to do is just to be authentic. So don't try to pretend to be someone different to yourself because kids will see through that straight away and also if you are trying to trace sorry if you're trying to chase you know what's trending out there when it comes to those weeks where you have nothing to to really vlog about post about you will get stuck because you're not talking about things that you actually enjoy so from the outset i've made an effort to actually talk about the things that i like i try to find things that kids may be into like you know games uh, toys and you know you don't really have to be into games it could be your pets for example or maybe you like to go on holiday maybe it's your thing to collect seashells like show those kind of things to kids because they they're interested in that, in that kind of stuff so yeah. yeah i think be authentic share your interests and yeah basically let that be another avenue for you in terms of like if a school or if another author or if someone random wants to know more about you they can look at that and have a sense of who you are before they see you in person or yeah yeah, yeah no that's fabulous advice there so I, I should stay clear of my love of drinking red wine <laughs> maybe for <laughs> oh, the yeah, kids yeah, yeah. <laughs> well you know i mean that's another thing as well isn't it because like it, it, it really depends on, on your audience. So, yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's fabulous. Well, uh, backpedaling back to your book. So you're you're living the author dream of many, uh, you know, agent, top five publisher. As this is a hybrid author podcast, have you ever considered self-publishing going forward or you're quite happy with where you're at? And Yeah. So, look, I think at this stage, like I'm, 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 I'm yeah, pretty still keen to like continue working with uh, with my publisher, uh, Penguin and but I have a good relationship with, with my editor and with my publisher still. That said, like, you know, never say never. I find that what I'm more interested in now is actually the longevity of authors. And so I actually look up to people like Tristan Banks, Gus Gordon, Jacqueline Harvey, people who, or even like someone like Andy Grimms, for example, who's been writing books for over 30 years. 
I find that when it comes to being a kid's author, it is so hard to stay relevant sometimes because the people can forget you. Uh, I also I also discovered that like, you know, if you really are passionate about your books, there's not just one path. And I'm really happy that in, in 2022, there were so many different paths out there. There's so many different ways to success as well. Like, you know, self-publishing is not a, a dirty word. It's, it's, it's yeah. something that, you know, if you are gung-ho and you're keen and you can actually make it work, you actually may be in a better position than someone who's with a traditional publisher. So you know, when I visit schools, when I go to festivals, I know a couple of people who, are, you know, they, they self-publish, they do their own kind of thing. And, and they have done a wonderful job making that their career. And so for me, that's going to sustain them much more longer than you trying to like, you know, go down one path, but then getting getting stuck. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I know what you mean there. But it's, it's amazing, especially on this podcast, kind of talking to a lot of different people doing a lot of different stuff. And, you know, some people like the control or uh, they don't have the time for the self-publishing, so they prefer the traditional. Another lady I'd spoke to, she had traditional deals but they wanted to change her story and it was like no a big no no and she just so she's gone down the self-publishing right so it's amazing it's just it's, it's obviously personal preference I think for in personal journey but yeah oh that's fantastic well yeah. thank you so much Olivar it's been an absolute blast you've shared so much insight to authors looking to write funny so thank you so much where can our listeners find you your work uh, off and online yeah, so online, uh, my Twitter and Instagram is simply Oliver Winfrey. So Oliver, W-I-N-F-I-E-E. For more information about my books, you can just hit me up at my website, uh, oliverwriter.com. So simple as that. Pomovan would be too hard. I think um, <laughs> even some kids would struggle just trying to remember how to say the first three letters of my name, let alone put it into, uh, into Google there. My YouTube channel is simply uh, Virtual Oliver P. So you can... Have a look there as well and see what I get up to. Oh, fantastic. Well, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on. So there you have it, folks. The hilarious and knowledgeable Oliver Pomavan, who is in Perth for the upcoming Scribblers Festival, where he will be workshopping and entertaining all. Links in the show notes if you want to book in with Oliver. And of course, buy his Laugh Out Loud books. They're hilarious. Next time on the Hybrid Author Podcast, we have entrepreneur, public speaker and author, Mariam L. Hooley, chatting to us on why the best time to chase your dreams is right now. Have an amazing writing, publishing and promoting week. That's it from me. Bye for now. That's the end for now, authors. I hope you are further forward in your author adventure after listening, and I hope you'll listen next time. Remember to head on over to the Hybrid Author website at www.hybridauthor.com.au to get your free author pass. It's bye for now.